spring gobbler is right around the corner. It's time to add some new mouth calls to your arsenal. Hey, head on over to Facebook and look up our buddy Derek Comer. Guy's making his own mouth calls now, and with the sounds they are putting out, you'll have that old Tom bagged in time to get home for breakfast while the biscuits are still hot. My personal favorite is the Ghost 2 read, and each call is handmade. Derek can field any questions or concerns you may have. Heck, and if you're in the market for that perfect call, made to fit your liking, he can work with you until the call sounds just the way you want it to. Head over and check him out on Facebook by searching Derek Comer. That's D-E-R-E-K-C-O-M-E-R. And tell him we sent you. You're listening to the Pine Mountain Outdoors podcast where we cover hunting and fishing right in the heart of the Appalachian Mountains. You'll hear stories and real talk from hunters and fishermen, both past and present. Thanks for joining us, and if you enjoy listening, head on over to Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube and give Pine Mountain Outdoors a follow. All right, welcome back. We are uh, in the middle of postseason scouting. At least one of us is. <laughs> Will, Cody, we're uh, back to talk about a few things and to, you know, talk about some scouting and a little bit of postseason stuff. Will wants to talk about turkeys so bad he can't stand it. <laughs> to, to, uh, tomorrow kicks that. off the NWTF convention. God, I wish I was there. I so know, bad. I we missed that again. Yeah. I will not miss it next year. No. I can promise you that. That's what we said last year, too. There's two things. Well, <laughs> the only reason I'm not there this year is because of a birthday party that I'm afraid that I can't miss. Other than that, yeah. I would you most will, certainly be there. Go miss it next year. No, I'm going to make her schedule it some different day. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, I guess that's a... You can try that, see how it goes. I mean, not. I'm not. Move I'm not your being, birthday. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not on her actual birthday. Oh, okay. It's yeah. like she's got four, and three of them have birthdays. Like it's the first part of the year, mm. and so she just has a group birthday party, and she just picks a random day, and so bad day. Huh? Yeah. For some reason, this year she picked this weekend. Next year she'll pick opening weekend of turkey. Then I won't be there. <laughs> I mean, I can justify missing NWTF, yeah, yeah, but I can't. Sure. I can't justify missing open today. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of everything after season, now I think the only thing left is squirrel season. Maybe some trapping going, trapping season going on. Getting ready to work on catching Jack a bobcat. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, he's been showing up on my trail camera, and he's wanting him mounted. So, oh, talk to old Matthew over there, and we're gonna. Try to get something set up and go up there and set a live trap up. Has Matt been doing any trapping? I, I didn't even ask about the other night. He does most of the trapping at his house. Oh, really? <laughs> I think he's pretty successful. Right here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's pretty successful. Huh. I think it's a sore subject amongst uh, uh, him and his better oh, yeah. half. He, he did mention that the other night. Yeah. Don't talk about dead gritters. <laughs> um, but uh, anyhow, so I've been uh, shooting my bow a lot. And I'm just going to tell you that I probably think I'm up to about 350 shots through that thing. And that uh, bowstring is not stretched or 
had any peep rotation, so shout out to the ABB bowstrings. Is it ABB bowstrings or would it be ABB? I mean, technically it would be AB bowstrings. AB bowstrings. I like that. Um, It's been good. I've been shooting a lot inside, and uh, I'm glad I started back because I was rough um, after not shooting since... uh, even during late bow season, I went, but I didn't shoot any. Oh, really? <clears throat> that's been. one thing I do try to do during season, especially when, you know, you got muzzleloader, early muzzleloader, and then your gun season, and then it goes back to bow. I always, not, I mean, I always try, but I don't always get out there. Yeah. But I do always try to get uh, uh, some shots in before I start bow hunting again. I, th- I think... Uh... I like to blank bail a little bit more during the. Uh, you like to what? Blank bail shoot during the sun during the, during the season just in the basement and just draw back and work on my form, form and, shoot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I had I ordered the wrong arrows, so I had to yeah. reorder arrows, and I just got them the other day. So I tell you, I should be I really would. Soon. I would about order some sixty pound mods and shoot them things all summer. I would, but I just don't want to recite my side yeah. in again. I got you on that. I mean, you always do all this working out, you know. It's pretty much like a workout. What's that? I'm drawing your bow that many times. Yeah. That's 75 pounds. Man, it's 75 pounds. You know it. You can cut out some rows or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 75 pounds, you do know it. Um I need to, I'll probably order me some 75 pound mod sometime this summer. Yeah. But, uh, it's shooting good. That's it's, a, I ordered mine with 75s. Did you? With 80% let off. Yeah. Uh, See, that's what I got to get. Right now I have 85% let off. Yeah. But I can't take yeah. that to Colorado. So. <clears throat> it's hard to find around here. Like, uh, I know the last one I had, nobody had the 80% let off because it's not, you know. Common. Yeah. Well, and it's not really applicable for around here. Because there's no law, you know, for or against it. Yep. Um, but I started, I started out blank mail shooting more mm-hmm. than, uh, more than anything, and uh, went to uh, started shooting outside. I'm not putting a sight tape on it right now. I've just got a piece of green masking tape and yeah. marking it at 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. Yeah. And uh, I might do something like that. Yeah, it's just shoot mine if I'm gonna order seventy five pound mods, because I ordered three hundred spine arrows, so yeah, they should. I mean that goes for well up. Yeah, you're good. Three hundred be good. I you're right there in the sweet spot. Three you could have got by with three twenty, with the arrow length, but three hundred's more safe. That's yeah. what I shoot. Especially at that length, yeah, three hundred. That's what I'm shooting them three hundred Eastons. Um, they look good, man. I, I love the uh, the the od green and the white the white knocks i ain't gonna lie to you the white knocks made that arrow look a whole lot better yeah Yeah, they look good um and shout out to the impact wraps those things are 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 going on really well yeah Uh, that's good good for sure Uh, yeah i got some american flag ones left i might throw a few on one of my arrows yeah and i i don't know if you posted a picture or not of those on our instagram but yeah once i get everything together and i start shooting my bow i'll take a picture of everything together but those arrows look pretty sweet with the autumn orange and then they the did look good. i didn't like the od green on the black but that od green on the autumn orange 
was pretty slick. Yeah, looks good. And it's the white knock. Yeah. Man, I'm telling you, I set it off. It was like fire, but been shooting a lot. Um, that's we've been blessed. So it's been nice. Yeah, 60, 63 degrees today. It was in a maybe low. I've been sixty yesterday. I shot a lot yesterday evening. Yeah. And um, felt pretty good. The first time I've shot so much that I started getting tired. Yeah. And uh, but you know, it's it was good. So. Will, you're still waiting on your bow. Yeah, yeah, just patiently, impatiently waiting. Uh, Cody's got his. He's pro- you gonna start? You gonna get that? Well, you did. You said you gonna come side it in soon. Yeah, I'm gonna side it in so I can start shooting it more at the house. I don't have the room at the house to really shoot long distance, so I'm gonna come side it in here and then just probably shoot 20 yards. 20 well, yards. there is a target underneath the deck, and just come whenever. If you uh, that hanging bag target back there is sixty yards. If you're standing right in front of the smoker on the top board, it's uh, there's a big black. We've cut the center out of it so your pin sticks out in the middle. That black pretty good at sixty, so it it works pretty good. Uh, You can get too small of a target when you get too far out there. Oh yeah, I think uh, that's why I built a backdrop. I'm talking, about, a few I'm talking about aiming like at oh, the, the, yeah. the surface. Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, if you're shooting at 60, you need a target that's big enough where your pin can yep. be, you know, you're not covering the whole thing right. up. Or else you're just... I, I think, think mine's about as big around as a dinner plate, probably. Yeah, probably. Like probably. I think that circle out there is about an 8-inch circle. Yeah. And um, it does pretty good. You can, you can get them sighted in a lot easier like that. Right. So... But I think it's important, man, because I, like I said, if I had had to shoot a deer with a bow during end of the year, I'm not confident at all right now that I would have been able to pull anything over 40 yards off. Yeah, you know, it'd have been a, it'd been a stretch. But uh, 3D season's getting ready to start, and uh, I think, man, it actually has already started. In, believe uh, it or not, in that spearhead trail, yeah, they've been. There, man. They did a tournament uh, two weeks ago. A buddy of mine shot in it <clears throat> there from work, and. Uh, I think he actually won his class. I can't remember for sure. But uh, him and his wife do it together a lot. And uh, they went over and uh, he, uh, I told him, I was like, man, Joe, it's going to be pretty cold, you know. And he said, hey, we're going to see what we can do. So Uh, They have an indoor 3D range too. Yeah, but they like their shoots or their tournaments or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, it's all like a course set up. He said too they're doing a – I think he said that uh, it was either Bear Creek or Spearhead One is doing a, one of those Reinhardt 100s. Didn't Spearhead do one of those last year? They might have. I I don't know. He said they were doing it this year. One yeah. of those two places was. We have to go check that out. Yeah, that'd be um, a fun day. So, uh, along with that, if you're going to be shooting your bow, and uh, since we're going to Colorado in almost less than what is it so we'll be going it's almost seven months it's right at it's actually a little less than seven months a little less than seven months now so because i think the ninth and tenth or something like that's the weekend yeah weekend so i'll probably try to leave that sometime that weekend saturday's the ninth sunday's the tenth i believe so um so it's gonna be a good time um so off season workouts i've been doing a lot of walking early just because I decided to start it a whole lot earlier this year than I did last year. <laughs> but um, I'm still doing 30 pounds. I'm probably not going to change it up right now. 
probably wait a little bit, but Cody's been testing his pack out too. Yeah, I I bought that pack a few years ago. Uh, I have the Slumberjack Bounty 2.0. Um, and this year I finally got it out, took the tags off of it. <laughs> and I got it out and I, which I, I'm still adjusting it, tweaking the, the shoulder straps and everything. Right now I have it a little too far apart and it's uh, kind of hurting a little bit, but I got to move them, cl uh, close that gap a little bit. <laughs> but um, I've done a couple days there. This week I ain't had time with basketball games and stuff, but <clears throat> I, I put a 45-pound bumper plate in it, and I had, like, small stuff that I plan on packing out there, like my tent, my sleeping bag, sleeping pad, stuff like that mm -hmm. that was in there. Um but I walked about, more than anything, I'm breaking in those boots. I ordered uh, some of those super feed insoles to throw in them. But uh, uh, I walked probably in two days, I walked about, I'd say, close to eight or nine miles. Yeah. But it's enjoyable. That's probably the most enjoyable workout I think I've ever done. That's a, I, I don't mind it so much whenever we're out. I'm, out, so I'm able to you know do a little scouting at the same time yeah and that's really uh benefited a lot benefited me a lot this year because i found a couple of spots that i normally wouldn't have found and that was me last time i went and walked i done more scouting the first time i was pushing dark and so i was kind of in a rush but the second day i went out i really did more scouting more shed hunting and i found a few good places that were close to where i was hunting but I found where the deer are actually coming from to get to where I was at. So it, it's helped me out a lot. Found a new road to get in there. Probably a little shorter walk. So uh, hopefully that'll pay off come next year. One of those days that you went in there, <laughs> I was talking to Dad on the phone. He's like, does Captain not have a card reader that plugs into his phone? I was like, I don't know why. And I, don't, I guess I hadn't watched the stories, but he said something about you – didn't bring another card or something? Is that what happened? I didn't bring my card reader. Oh, you so had you got the reader. You just forgot it. <laughs> I left. Uh, <laughs> I left my no. What had happened? So my phone messed up. My personal. Yeah, phone, I remember. And that's yeah. what I had the app on to read. Oh, okay. My card reader. So <clears throat> when I got down in there, my service ain't real great. Yeah. So I had my work phone. I was like, well, I'll just download it on here real quick, and I'll read it in it. Right. Well, I couldn't because my service <laughs> sucked. So. I had to just keep the card and go back. Dad said, you were to buy that boy some cards and a card reader that way. <laughs> I, have, a little bit. I have probably 10 <laughs> brand new cards, Yeah, but I, I didn't bring my right. extra cards. I have them in a little case. Yeah. It's got probably 10 of them in yeah. it. I didn't bring them. I've got them. So I, I thought that was kind of funny he mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt yeah, like an idiot. I screwed myself that day, man. I left, <laughs> and it was late in the evening. And I got down there, and I thought I'd have a little more time than I did, but where they shut the gate, and I yeah. had to walk from the beginning of the road yeah. all the way to where I was, um, it slowed me down a lot. So <laughs> I, I actually had to walk probably two two miles farther than I would have had to. So I went, and uh, by the time I got down there, it was approaching dark. I didn't bring my, my card reader wouldn't load on my phone and i didn't have another card to throw in there yeah plus my stupid high end didn't even bring 
a light. <laughs> and I was like, I'm gonna get stuck in the dark. I don't, and I've accomplished nothing today. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, you learn something every time you go out. I guess, yeah. right? Yeah, you do. Well, that's what you get when you throw a pack. You take the tags off of a pack. Yeah. Throw a 45 pound bumper plate on it and go walking through yeah, the woods. Yeah, that's true too. That's uh, why I don't do it. Well, speaking of <laughs> bumper plates and stuff, that's what I've been carrying. It's bumper plates, but the. Uh, fillers up at uh where the guy at my season report mm-hmm. that's a good idea he uh he mentioned packing jugs of water i, know, did I talked to you about yeah that? we talked about it monday i think yeah um it's a good idea makes a good point about getting back there and getting hurt and you're not leaving your you're not just having to leave uh your bumper plates in the middle of the woods right and yeah dump the water out so that's yeah a, that's a or, good I mean, idea but if worst I case get... scenario you've got water to drink if you know <laughs> i guess so. i'm mean, like say say you get back there and break your leg and you're waiting on people to come get you you might need some water i mean that's a good idea but i'm just gonna say if i get hurt that 45 pound bumper plate is gonna be laying in there in the woods oh, yeah, I come back yeah, get yeah. <laughs> for right. sure what are you eating right now? You eating any deer meat? You eating any of that buck you killed yet? No, no, I ain't. Uh, I haven't fixed the first bit of deer meat. To be yeah, honest I've been with you, wearing it out. Rachel don't. She, I can't get her to eat it, so it's kind of limited. Like I've got to, if I catch her going or something, and I think to lay a pack out, I may cook it. But I know. Uh, well, it was back in muzzleloader seasons. Last time I ate any deer meat, I thawed out a piece of a tenderloin, and wrapped it in bacon, and put it on a smoker. Yeah. So that, that's good. the last I've ate. I'm on a big uh, seafood diet. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I seafood and I eat it. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like, I'll eat whatever's in front of me right now. <laughs> I took, I took it's bulking a, season. Uh, I took a, about a, I don't know, about a four or five inch piece of backstrap the other day and rubbed it with some uh, dry rub I've got up there. It's pretty good. It's uh, paleo friendly. It, it is. And, um,. <laughs> flavor god makes it's super good and uh rubbed it i seared it in a cast iron threw it in the oven at 425 for about eight minutes just to finish her off man i'm telling you made that that's crazy that and hadley's been on a big me and her been making chili every sunday that's what you said the other day every sunday evening she wants to make chili so she's uh she's been pretty pumped about eating the deer that she killed that's right that's what so, it's all about. That's awesome. She uh, she's had a good time with that. So, uh, what you you said she called it doughy. Doughy. Yeah. She says, "Is this, is this <laughs> we eating doughy, Daddy? <laughs> we eating doughy right now?" That's uh, pretty good. So, uh, speaking of deer, um, whenever uh, I mentioned, I messaged old Nathan about this yesterday. Nathan Killen, and he didn't reply back yet. I'm curious to know his take on it if he does. So I seen a buck with antlers on February 4th. And when I pulled a camera yesterday that had been there since November, mm-hmm. um, I had two bucks, um, a, a, a really young 10 pointer, mm-hmm. uh, in on February the 7th mm-hmm. and a decent eight pointer, maybe on the 10th, still holding antlers, but I've got pictures of the, one of the shooter bucks I was hunting dropping one side in yeah. in December, late December. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he's dropped the other side now. And the buck I jumped up there the other day was a big body deer. Yeah. Pretty sure it was him, and it didn't have 
antlers either. So hmm. still seeing some with with antlers, and uh, I'm just wondering. I wonder why some drop them early and some drop. I don't them know. Late. I'd be really interested to know the biology because, behind it. I mean, I get that some of them. Do you think it's a nutrition thing? I've said that before that it might yeah. be. I also read either I can't remember if I was watching a YouTube video or I read this, but this guy was talking about um, that he thought that maybe it was a doe thing, doe driven. Like mm-hmm. so, so you, you've got a buck that this here's his home range, and once the does get bred and they're not going, you know, keep cycling into estrus because they'll cycle over and over until they get bred. I'm pretty sure. Is that right? I I think I think what I've heard is that what the I think that's the second rut. I think the the does that come they, yeah, re, I th- they well, recycle I, the I second. think if they didn't get bred the second time they may cycle you again. So? I, I I think if they're see there's some old does too that don't cycle at all. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of your does that some need buck, to be taken out. Some bucks that don't rut at all too. Right. Uh a lot of times you'll see that if you have too many does. Yeah. But anyhow, uh, he said that he, he thought that after the does were bred and no more does were coming into cycle, that their testosterone level drops tremendously, and that's what spurs them to shed their antlers. Like the something, I guess, about the biology of it or whatever. I don't, I'm, I'm not a biologist yeah. by any means, but that somehow that would spur them to uh, shed those antlers. I, I I'd be interested to know, you know, I mean, there's a lot of deer biologists out there that yeah, could, there's probably some, Article, some articles yeah. out there that you could read that would give you some concrete knowledge on it, but yeah, I, there, there probably is. We just go have to look and see. I'm curious about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, and it ain't, you know, the thing is the argument I've heard argument too, that, um, the younger deer hold their antlers longer. Yeah. Well, that eight, that one eight pointer, he's, he looks like he's four and a half, five years old, and you know, less than a week ago, he's still carrying around his headgear. You think it would be maybe something to do with the weight <clears throat> of those antlers? Like you take like a, a yeah. small four pointer and a and a mature eight pointer. You know, those, that eight pointer's antlers weigh a lot more per antler than yeah. the small four pointers do. We're doing a lot of speculation. Yeah, oh yeah, it's all speculation <laughs> yeah. on my end at least. Like I, I have two spikes that still have theirs. Yeah. yeah. Well, I did. I did talk to. Well, I talked to a guy today, uh, who said he was went. He'd had a. He's got a little bitty place down there, and the deer come and eat. Um, they they plant. Uh, I guess they have some stuff for the farm animals. Mm-hmm. But uh, he went out there and he found. Um, he found us. I think he found a couple spike sheds, and four point sheds. But he, I think he'd been watching them. They pretty much neighborhood deer, and he knew they were there. But it's, it's make no sense to me. But I don't. What do I know? I will tell you this though. During my during my scouting trip, I learned a lot within the past month about the, some of the deer I hunted this year and the mistakes I made. I feel like a fool. I mean, they are very humbling creatures. I talked to, I know I talked to you about it. And I talked to Matt. I don't think, I don't know if I told Cody or not. But um, I found a shelf underneath a ridge that looked like it should have some sign on it. And I went and I was walking and I just bombed off down in there. And it was one of them places where I really like to go, Will. 
So and it was thick. It was, yeah. man, it was thick. Um, I'm, I'm, be, I'm becoming more open and maybe just accustomed to the, you yeah. know. The yeah, you're just getting used to it. Yeah. I, I think that's what it is. I think um, it's just, I just got over it or something. I bombed off down in there, got on that little shelf, and lo and behold, there's some pretty good rubs. And I knew it had to come from the one buck that I'd been getting pictures of late in the year. And um, one bed, one bed there, and uh, I noticed that it was a worn bed. Like it was the same, you know, they'll, a buck, how a buck will use the same bed on the same knoll or whatever. for. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, that's pretty cool. You know, now I know I think his buck was bedded here quite a bit. And uh, I told, I called Will, I think I talked to you that night. Yeah. I got... I got up out of there and finished. Then I went up and my, my track goes uh, down a road where uh, there was a big community scrape near a stand where I had. Mm-hmm. And I got up there. And sure enough, I got on Spartan Forge and I'd marked that bed I found. And when I got to that community scrape, I pulled my phone out and looked. And it was directly, just slightly northeast of the scrape 50 yards down the ridge probably more like 100 yards down the ridge yeah but that buck was laying there and he doesn't have to get out of his bed because we've got a prevailing west southwest wind yeah and the thermals right in the face and the thermals are dropping down there in the more and hitting him right in the right in the face yeah but you know what else is hitting him in the face You're my saying. scent when i walk right in there yeah so it's a good spot, and I can't figure out how I'm going to hunt him because he's got his bases covered every which way. Yeah. Uh, it's going to take a weird wind or something to hunt that deer, I think. But uh, he's still alive, I believe, because it looked like there were some pretty good tracks in there. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and I'll tell you this, and I thought for sure that I had found when I was posted that video the other day of walking up there and scouting that new way, that new place that ties into their, their other private. Mm-hmm. I told, uh, <coughs> I, I said, there's a lot of travel sign down here and I just, well, I can't figure out where his deer are staying. And I got up in that big saddle and I was looking and it was just thick as a cob. Mm-hmm. And off the left side, there was a little shelf. And that's where I jumped that big buck up. It was just, 30 yards under the hill old tram road that was in some laurel yeah i mean thick laurel and i'll be honest with you i thought i was gonna walk up on any minute i was gonna kick a bear up there was no doubt um big hemlock bottom down in there Mm -hmm. and uh sure enough i went down in there road and kicked a big body buck well i'm sure it was a buck he's way too big to be didn't you tell it wasn't a doe right and um I was like, what in the world is this thing bedding on this west-facing side right here? Yeah. And uh, you could see it was the same scenario. There was a big buck bed, mm-hmm. uh, some rubs. And I was like, what in the world would he be here on this west-facing side? Well, then I got out of there and pulled up in the road, and there was another spur that ran off of it. And I went over to that other spur, and it was eat up with doe sign. Hmm. But doe beds everywhere and a yeah. massive community scrape. So I marked it. Yeah. And lo and behold, it was directly... Downwind. Downwind is where that buck was bedding. Or upwind. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So so, yeah. so it he was... He was laying downwind yeah, of it. Yeah, he was laying downwind right. of it. So uh, me and Dean have a stand 
that we hunt that is very close to that. Mm-hmm. But if that deer was in it, was where he's at, we're mm-hmm. off of him by two, three hundred yards. Yeah. We never knew he was in there. Really? And um, so now I know. So the, so the thing to figure out with all this is that you're learning now where these bucks are bedding at in relation to where these big community scrapes are at is is where you set up to hunt them. Right. Um, so I think I'm, I've, I've dropped the – I've missed the, the point by hunting scrapes too hard instead yeah. of looking for – just finding a scrape and start now i'll tell you exactly what i'm gonna do we'll find a scrape and look for the downwind side of that scrape that's from the prevailing wind and see about finding a good spot in that area right uh not saying that hunting scrapes are bad because i think there's a time for that yeah well you Uh, know nathan kiln talks all the time about he he you know he's always looking for sign but he targets beds yeah mostly um that's kind of like his (laughs) you know he somehow First off, he's just super knowledgeable, but he can he can create that picture in his mind almost about how a deer once he finds his bed and he's finding the sign he's making, how that deer is going to get up and walk out of that bed. Yeah, and you know, it's just time in the mountains and and putting boots on the ground. The things he always talks about it it holds true. Yeah, I mean, look at you this spring. You've already found two beds next to two scrapes, and you're putting that data together you know that's going to help you for the rest of the time yeah you know it's not yeah um i'll tell you though uh it's fun to learn how they act yeah Um, and i tell you it's it's a good like i said it's a good time to be in the woods and if you get a chance to go scouting right now what just to the what i would do and this is what i'm doing right now it's it's hard to just walk up and get an idea of how many deer's in an area by mm-hmm. just saying I didn't see any deer today. So, right. um, like I said, you may jump a few, but the main well, thing I'm doing, that really don't matter, right? The main thing I'm looking for right now is, which we've been lucky to have a little bit of wet weather, and mm-hmm. the deer have been laying down some tracks in the ground, right? And looking for those mud holes and looking for the buck tracks, and that's what I found some of them. Um, so if you're going out, look for tracks, look for sheds. And of course, you know, you may, you may jump a deer too. Um, but like I said, that's not something that's not going to mess if, you If up. you don't, if you don't know yeah. this time of year, jumping a deer is not going to matter because she's, if it's a, we'll say a doe, for instance, she's liable to run a circle. And if you stand right there, she'd be back in an hour. You know, she's not going far. It's, they're in their home ranges right now and they're going to, bed in the same beds or the same mm-hmm. group of beds anyways yeah the majority of the time right now yeah and look for um historical rubs i mean it doesn't have to be a rub from this season yeah but you know if you can which and I'll, i've got a theory on this i think that we have a hard time year after year sometimes because our entire hunting season depends on the mast mm-hmm. um so where the acorns are this year may not be where the acorns are next year right and that affects us that affects our hunting and we've talked about that place we've been hunting oh it's yeah it's a killer spot this year but if the acorns don't hit in there right it's just gonna be a dry hole again. right um and that's why we were talking about during hunting season hanging and standing in there before hunting season but yeah i'm kind of i've kind of got my reservations about that because like you said you know if there's no acorns there 
yeah. there's really nothing else to hold the deer because yeah. i mean they're not pressured uh there's not that many people hunting up there and beating it to death and so you know we're relying on the food basically yep. to, to see the deer so the reason i like the historical rub things is i think a lot of those you can find that's bedding area i think you can target where bucks have stayed previously mm-hmm. in an area kind of i mean everybody gets excited when they see some some rubs but if you start seeing those older rubs yeah which is what i've been finding a lot of older rubs and i've been finding them in good areas that i'm like man i know i told y'all this looks like a really good spot to hunt but is it a camera spot or a hunting spot yeah and that's what i'm thinking i'm like man if It'd be, it's really hard. I, that's, you know, when we had the cell camera, don't even talk about a while back, but I'd love to find a place like I found the other day and I just want to take a cell camera in there and leave it. So yep. I'm not spooking any deer. Right. And, um, I, I know they're going to be in there, but I think a place like I just explained to you, mm-hmm. that deer's there for a reason. Right. He lives there. He's got his bases covered. If you're trying to sneak in there and get on him pretty close i think you're just gonna have to be in there in his general core and that's what it is i think you're finding his core area right now if uh if he's got good consistent food right you know which up there on where we've been hunting it's liable to change which i think that's when your summer scouting is gonna is gonna pay off well i think in this area consistent food is kind of relative you know yeah this is you know in the midwest you've got um, the the CRP and the ag fields and stuff yeah. that, that they that, that ag field's going to be there every single year, mm-hmm. and the deer know it just like the hunters know it. Uh, but here we don't have any agriculture. We don't have, I mean, small stuff, yeah. you know. But on a massive scale, like like they can rely on, yeah, we don't have that. And so, and that's <clears> a, I think that's why a rut is a lot harder to see. Yeah, I think that. Uh, the the buck to doe ratios are different because i mean you get in a pocket of the mountain there may be one buck for a dozen does yeah um so he doesn't have to be as active right but i think when those does start to fade out mm-hmm. when they start to going out of their cycle i think that's when that buck that's but you know the, the 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 big man on the hill, kind of so to speak. I think that's when he moves more. Right, he's going to be searching for other does that right. are coming in. Right. Yeah, yep. I think that's when a lot of these deer get killed. I know you. Know, I know we talked and it looked like, and we. It's hard to say that we've there's we've talked about this before. I believe all three of us hold the same opinion that the number of days we've been in the woods and just seen deer absolutely dog and does is very yeah. very slim. Yeah, where yeah. you can say it was on, you know. One of them should have been there yesterday days. Right. Uh, this year it was, for me, was Thanksgiving. And that was just based on the deer I seen, the activity I seen. And then I told you I pulled that trail camera and my number one shooter buck was on my second stand chasing, right. chasing a doe at 10.15 that morning and I was two ridges over from him. Yep. It, I could have killed him with a bow if he'd came by. Um, the, uh, But it's a mystery every year seems like yeah but i, I mean think, the whole the whole tree stand versus camera thing i mean for me i think they go more hand in hand yeah you know like um i know a couple of year ago when i set this the stand in there that uh um above the house i guess i'll say um 
I set a camera there like two weeks prior. Yeah. And that was just finding some, some travel sign, you know. I set the camera there and got some good pictures and intel and then decided to go set a stand back in there. Yeah. And, so, and, it, and I guess that's the benefit, too, of cell cams is, like, you go in there one time, set the camera, you go back, you know, you get your intel from the house, mm-hmm. then you can go back and hang a stand, or you can go back and move the camera and find another place, you know. Yeah. That's the benefit of cell cams, in my opinion. I think that uh, that's what I'm saying. I, I I think there are spots that are good to put a camera. Mm-hmm. Like that spot behind you, I think that's, you got to set up right there. I think what you got is fine. Right. But uh, I think there's places that we get, I know I do this a lot, is I get, I jump to, a, I'm like, man, I'm going to put a stand right here. Yeah. And that ends up being a terrible spot for a stand. Right. Because, just because there's one big community scrape there, yeah. that buck ain't going to come up there and shake it just because you've got a tree stand there. Right, right. Uh, I think you've got, and that's what I'm starting to figure out more now is uh, these deer are using their nose a lot more on those type of situations. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, during it, it don't matter what you're doing during the rut if they're just dog crazy chasing does right and that might be a good spot to be at if you're just on a high travel area and they come running through there but well that's uh, like you talk about rut hunting i love it to an extent um but i had deer when i was hunting in kentucky that i would get on camera all year long i had one that i got pictures of all year long I couldn't get him during daylight, but yeah. um, during the rut, he got killed 12 miles from where I was. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's I unbelievable mean, how far they'll travel. That's, I killed a deer behind Rachel's mom and dad's that dad was getting on camera in his field. Yeah. And I mean, even straight line distance, that's like four and a half, five miles. Yeah. You know, and so you think about how that, and the deer's got to travel, it, had, it would have had to travel around Pound Lake to get from one place to the other and so it's kind of amazing it was amazing to me mm-hmm. how far he had traveled you know just in a couple of days time because i mean dad had, had a picture of him like two days before that yeah I, and i think just for right now what i'm boom what i'm uh mainly i'm trying to adapt this belief system that mm-hmm. i would rather i'm trying to find bedding over food because bedding is more predictable yeah, I think they're gonna bed in the same place. Uh, I think relative to food, because they don't—they go. I mean, they're gonna travel regardless. Right. I, I well, they've got to go to the food. Yeah, I don't think that they're gonna leave a secure bedding area to go if they find an acorn crop and, and and just reestablish a new bedding area. That's you know that they're not gonna in, within know, relative I, area. If it's in a relative area, I think. Right. So if, if for example, so that place we's hunting up there. Um, on the national forest. Mm-hmm. Say if those acorns don't hit next year, yeah, and those deer are bedding somewhere off in there where we think they were bedding, yeah. If the if the acorn crop is below them this year, right, I think they're gonna stay in the same bedding area. Oh yeah, I mean if it's within you know a distance that they can travel back and forth to, like their core. I think if it's still within their core area, right? Yeah, for sure. So I don't. But, um, I, I, you know, there's times, especially in the mountains, like, uh, we'll say the national forest there close to my house. There's times that there's just no acorns on that, that range, you yeah. know? And so where do those deer go? I don't know. Yeah, they, they leave, they, they go somewhere. 
If it's if I think if they don't have any food in their core area, they got to go to where the food is. Right. Um, and I think sometimes too, like if you the deer come back to a core area, I think a lot of times, yeah. and so like they're going to summer in a place, and until and until the 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 greenery starts going away, yeah, they're going to kind of stay there unless you know. There's acorns. I, I don't, and I, I have no idea how they find acorns so far off, but they do. They, I mean, I yeah. guess you know they just got a nose for they, it. Uh, I tell you what, I, I probably miss. I, I probably could have said this a little bit better way. Mm. So when you're going into an area, I don't know what that was. That was me. Oh, we got you, Buzz. Hey, you're good. Uh, when you're going into an area, mm-hmm. it's easier to. Say, I think this right here is an obvious bedding area. Right. I'm going to scout this and see if there's a deer in here that I want to hunt. Right. Instead of saying, this big acorn pack, acorns is hit right here, this is where I'm going to hunt at. Yeah. There might be acorns over here. Yeah. But I think if you get in there and you see that the deer stay in, in a bedding area. Right. Then that's going to give you a better idea of where to hunt at. So. Yeah. I, I struggle with, and I think we hit it just a minute ago, but a lot of the places that I hunted this year... I went in, I'd walk around, and I'd find this nice scrape, and I was like, oh, I'm going to hunt right here. And I spent way too much time in those areas. Now that I've went out and scouted a little more while heavy packing, I've realized, you know, that scrape that I found, yeah, that's a good scrape, but just across the ridge, there's like a little ridge in between that scrape and where I found like six beds. Yeah. And it was just like, <clears throat> I know they're coming through there, but that's not an everyday coming through. There. Right. Yeah. That's like, a, oh, yeah, I'll hit that every once in a while. But most of the time, I'm going here to food, here to water. Right. But, yeah, sometimes I'll come up and around. Because and, the way that it went, the trails, the beds were here. And a lot of times the trails were going down across a little bench down underneath the hill. And there was a big acorn flat. Mm-hmm. And then they were coming. If they came back up to where I was, they were coming back up crossing that flat and coming on the other side of that ridge in between the scrape and the beds yeah so i spent way too much time i feel like this year just hunting that scrape waiting on it yeah and when in all reality Mm -hmm. i should have taken more time to scout that area a little more and look for more consistent right because i mean a scrape can be a great thing well, and it's exciting. It the, yeah, it is. You're just like, oh, there's so much sign. Yeah, yeah, right. trees and scrapes, and it's like, you know, just because there's a scrape there don't mean that that buck's coming every day. Right. Or that he's even coming again this year. I right. Mean, you know, he may right. not check that thing. I, and I told Zach this the other night, too. I think a lot of times if a buck is moving through an area, and and I think I read this somewhere one time, but if he's, if he's moving through an area and he's searching for does, and he might, I don't know if it's when he picks up the scent, maybe a little bit of a doe, or he just, he's fired up. He'll, as he walks along a trail, he'll make a scrape out. And he may never, ever come back to it again, but he'll scrape a spot out. Or he might hit a hit on a tree a little bit and horn a tree a little bit. But once you see, you got to see that consistency, you know. And I'm, I'm, I don't do it all that often, but I will hang a camera over a scrape to right. see what's using it especially if i think it's like community scrape yeah because then a lot, that too. a lot of times you're going to see most of your bucks in an area yeah but i think <clears throat> what you were getting to with the bedding uh, the 
way I guess we're kind of saying the same thing because I'll hunt the food, but I hunt where they travel from their bed to their food. Right, that's what I want to intercept them in between. So I'm not saying, and I think that's what you're you're yeah, kind of getting at. Yeah, I'm not saying hunt the bedding. Right, I'm saying find out that they are there. Right, and you're not area. saying don't hunt the food. Yeah, you're correct. essentially hunting both. Right, but I'm not. What I'm saying is, I could walk down a ridge, and it be loaded with with nuts. Yeah, and say this is where I'm coming. Right. They they might not be any deer in there, and they might only be feeding at night. You know, yeah. early season so, deer so, feed at night more than anything. So, but if I go to a place, I say, okay, this is obvious bedding. Right, there's fresh beds here. They're going from here to somewhere to eat. Yeah, that gives me an idea of okay, I'm gonna go check this ridge. Let's see here, and you know they're bedding here. How can I access this? Right, I'm not basing my access to on the food. I'm basing it on where I think they're bedding. Right. So if they're bedding down here below me, and the wind's blowing off in there, I've got to figure out a way to be underneath them right. and come up another way. Around. See, a lot of times I go at that backwards of what you do, yeah. or you're, you're saying now. Yeah. It's like, I've, I've, it's easier for me to find food most of the time, especially yeah, early season. Yeah. And so if I find that same ridge is covered in acorns, right? I'm looking for deer poop, and I'm looking for spit holes. Because, yeah. you know, deer won't eat the caps, right. and they won't right. eat the hull of an acorn. And so if you start finding those, then you then you know, okay, deer are eating here. Yep. And so then you start looking for travel corridors into there. Yep. And I don't necessarily care where they're bedding. I don't have to go to their beds. Right. If I can find the main route that they're getting they're coming to that area from, mm-hmm. I'm gonna set up on that route and I'm gonna travel corridor. Right. And if if I'm if I sit there a couple of days and, and the deer aren't getting there before dark to me, I might move on down the trail, you know, a mm-hmm. couple hundred yards. And yep. set back up again, and it and it, it's, it gets kind of aggravating sometimes. But I've been pretty lucky a lot of times to set up like in that that sweet spot. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To where they're getting there just a bit before dark because they're traveling. They're getting out of bed and traveling up to feeding. Yeah. You know, and and I haven't had to move a whole lot, but I have had to move some. I like that saddle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that would make it a lot easier. Um. Yeah, I like what you said there. And that, that's something, you know, there's another spot that I was hunting and I found a scrape and I, I thought I found a scrape line mm-hmm. that's going down through there. But what I didn't realize was like he was talking earlier, I followed that scrape line another day. It went down through there, crossed a little ditch, came up over on the, another ridge and there was bedding scrapes or, uh, rubs and bedding all over the place over there mm-hmm. well what i didn't realize was where i set up my tree stand on that scrape i was straight up wind 99.9 percent of the time yeah of where it was going right so i mean if he would have been bedded there unless he's just hot on a doe and not paying attention that right. day he's not coming to me right he's going to go down and around and go to wherever he was going behind me yep and you know everything we're talking about right now leads right back to woodsmanship woodsmanship so and i guess you know we all pretty much grew up hunting and it i can see it like from you think about it from like tyler's perspective okay when he gets to that ridge because i remember early season i was telling him uh i actually ran into him he was coming scouting and i had already kind of scouted this area and i said well let's let's go down this way course i took him and showed him some stuff and he's like man i can't you know how do you pick all this stuff out and i was like buddy you know i've just had a lifetime of doing it 
But uh, I kind of showed him what I look for, and then he was able to go look for the same stuff. He didn't find it, mm-hmm. but, you know, and, and I don't know. I don't think it was there. I trust that, you know, he, he went and looked and just didn't. There wasn't yeah. a sign down in there, but. Um, I know where you're talking about. I don't think there was much sign down yeah, there. Yeah, that's, that's and I never went off in there, but, but because he said there wasn't any sign, I thought, well, he knows. I've showed him what, you know, what I look for, and so he's probably looking for the same thing. He just didn't yeah. see it. But, um back to the whole ridge scenario if i see that trail going off one way or the other and i know there's a thicket down in there then i can say you know because of my woods knowledge they're probably bedding in that right. thicket you know what i mean You're talking about like fresh travel sign right right and this is all i guess the food part of it more of a during season scout in see before yeah, season, yeah, yeah, yeah. pre-season right. scouting. yep because I don't get out and tromp around in the wintertime that often, just to be, <laughs> just to be entirely honest. Hey, I'm, I'm telling you, you ought to give it a shot. Well, I'm not I'm not saying I, – I, I, I would like to get out and do it more. I just don't take the time. Because I, I would like to find some sheds, really, is what – I kicked one that's why I would be. That's why I would be out, to be honest with you. I, I ain't kidding you. I haven't been in, I haven't been <clears> in the woods <throat> 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I said, that, that buck had, had horned a – yeah, I knew I know where they're bedding on that end. I said, I'm gonna walk out here and see if uh, he had some scrapes. And it was kind of like what you talked about. There was must have been a week back during November that there were some bucks that made a scrape about every 15 or 20 yards. Mm-hmm. But they won't. They didn't check every one of them, you know. And I walked out there and I, as pretty as a picture, son was hitting it. It's like, daggone, son, right there in the middle of the road. Yep. And I had to hurry up and get out of there so I didn't get to look for the other side. But yeah. I'll go back in there and try to find it. And, and those um, scrapes, too, you know, like you think about where we're hunting late season. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> a lot of times when I walk by a scrape, I'll take my foot and rake some leaves over in it. Yeah. The only reason being because that's not going to alert a deer because leaves fall in them and leaves blow in them and all that sort of stuff. But I'll know for sure if he's been back by there whether i got a camera on it or not right if i come back there a week later or a few days later and it's cleaned out again i know that he's hitting that over and over i'm gonna go follow you <clears throat> whenever you go up there and i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> clean it out and pee in it <laughs> i mean that would probably fool me uh, i'm just kidding no uh, I, i've done the same thing yeah i've done the same thing and that's just stuff that i learned from dad and yeah and dad's buddies that i hunted with you know it's just little stuff you pick up that somebody that that didn't have teachers like we all had mm-hmm. to teach them those things wouldn't yeah. know, you yeah, know. You're right. Like uh, smashing big buck tracks in the main road walking yeah. in. Yeah, I rake them every one out, <laughs> every single wanna, one of them. You don't want anybody to see them. Uh, Heck, for that matter, I smash a lot of doe tracks out. Yeah. You know, I'll take my foot and just rake right over top of them because, I mean, I don't want old Jimmy to know where, yeah, you know, where the deer's right. moving through. Uh, yeah. That, um, but, uh, man, I ain't kidding you. I've got a been very fortunate to um, continue to be able to go about every every day I'm off. Just yeah. go uh, go tromping around in the woods and um, learning a lot. And I guess not to get back on that topic, but the more the thing I'm trying to figure out right now is if there is a good bucket still left in there that I think is going to be in there. Well, I know there's going to be one in that private place because he's the food is there yeah. you know there's no he's got grass if he needs it and then the guy on the other end grows 10 acres of corn 
it's how to figure out i'm using this time of the year right now to figure out how to hunt him in in october november right so that's why i'm that's why i'm tickled to death about being in the woods right now and it's a great time to scout for turkeys yeah that that is a valid point there and it's uh for sure mutilated not that not that the, not yeah, that the deer scouting is is not a valid point yeah, but it's it's absolutely destroyed it's it's probably a flock of a dozen or two dozen i mean they've they've mutilated ridges it's yeah really good sign now, i did good. see some i did i saw some uh some gobblers in there deer muzzleloader yeah i'm pretty excited to get back in there and hunt something. where i was went walking the other day and scouting I found a place, I would say it was, it was probably 15 yards long and probably like five yards wide, mm-hmm. just completely destroyed by turkey scratching. Yep. It's crazy. It's coming <laughs> up soon. There should be a lot of acres left in there where we was at late season mm-hmm. uh, for the turkeys this spring. I'm, I'm kind of anxious to get back in there and see. I'm... Uh speaking of acres uh, this, this bad weather could be a curse if it doesn't cool back off a little bit yeah get started a little early. Or they might get started a little early and then it gets too warm and then gets too cold you can kiss the acorns goodbye next year mm-hmm. so just hope it gets warm it stays warm and yeah doesn't kill the seeds out uh i got only got one more thing so got the elk trip planned this year and uh boy do we i'm gonna go out on and just just cover this if you're thinking about doing any trip this year or next year for that matter if you're thinking about planning a big trip something you've never done that mm-hmm. you've always wanted to do mm-hmm. just step away from your comfort zone and do it yeah just no better go. time than the present um i think we get the, f- the fear of what if too much the unknown yeah yes. the fear of unknown just go yep. um and i've talked about you know the first time i went out there i even said you know it's once in a lifetime trip well it's it's not it's make the time to do these things if it's something you really want to do then get out of your comfort zone yeah do it um, i mean too like a lot of people think about all oh, the money the money it's really not that much i mean You'll run out of time before you run out of money. That's exactly right. You can't take it with you. Mm-hmm. And so if it's something you like to do and it's something you want to do, just do it. You yeah. know, and after you, like me personally, now that I've got, I've taken like three years and bought all everything I need, it's not going to cost me any more than a tag and some gas. Yeah. You know. This could be anything. So this could be if you've got a trip planned to uh, to go to Ohio or, or anywhere. Right. Deer hunting. Yeah. If you if it's something you've wanted to do, make the time to do it. Yeah. And you know, I'm not trying to. I mean, everybody loves their family. Right. Everybody wants to be th- be with their family. Mm-hmm. Um, man, just plan it with your significant mm-hmm. other or whatever. Take a leap and go because you're never going to regret it. You the only I think the only people that end up regretting it is the ones that. You know. I can't, I'm back, you know, the ones never that, don't, go. that never go, yeah. you know, because, you know, what if, what if I get out right. there and what if I get out there and I can't, uh, can't get service or what if I get out there and don't know what's going on if I run into an area and right. just go, you'll wing it, man, we've winged it for, this will be four years. Yeah. 
Which, I mean, we winged it last year in Ohio. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I got a little frustrated while we were there mm-hmm. because just the, like, more frustrating that, you know, there's all this food. Yeah. And I know there's deer here. Yeah. But why can't I find the sign? And I I walked so many miles just looking for yeah, deer sign. Why. Well, we you know. Listen to me. But, the, uh, <clears throat> the thing about that, though, that, you know, I don't even look at that as a failure. Right. Well, I got home and I'm like, man, that, you know, really, we had an awesome trip. We had a good time. Four good good guys to go with, you know, and. and we had a good camp. Really? What more could you ask for? Other than killing a deer, what more could you ask for? Right. And that's, so that's like his season for me. You know, this is two years straight that I haven't killed a buck. Right. And that goes back to what the mountain hunter said. When you start hunting specific deer, you're going to go years without killing. That's exactly right. A deer. Now, that's not saying, I mean, me and you went, Cody went up on the National Forest there and hunted a bit and hunted some pretty good sign but never did see anything well you did you you popped one but yeah never seen one to shoot not saying i wouldn't have but seen if i just looked into one but right. the deer that i was hunting i did i didn't see him yeah I, I well other than that i did see him one time with no shot yeah seen a bunch of other bucks but that being said that you, this year was probably one of the most successful years i've had in the woods because i've seen more deer more bucks mm-hmm. uh found more you know learn more about them learn more about what they're doing and documented it right. so you go back and read it look at the weather patterns and you know just studying all that stuff and yeah uh learned more about using cameras and or video and video right. hunts and stuff and setups and looking at setting up you know good places to put tree stands um and taking hadley yeah kill deer um then, like that, I said, that there that to me that's the biggest yeah the biggest success that, that, that me any of us had but i'll tell you right now man i the I, that's why i say i could not be honest with myself and say i didn't have the most successful year i've had yeah because i've like i said never seen that many deer there right. i mean I, I mean i didn't draw the bow back right pull hammer back or shoot anything but it's not what it's all about right if that is what it's all about i think you're doing it for the wrong reason i've yep. caught so much flack lately about oh well y'all didn't kill anything y'all didn't kill anything i'm like guys you know you aren't hunting national forest which is primarily what i hunt and what most of us really hunt um you're gonna go those years and not kill something and that's fine with me like you're just learning the land you're learning stuff and to me like we've said it a million times even when it comes we're talking about turkey and everything but to me if someone like Hadley can kill one, mm-hmm. we can help her kill one. If we could help um, Tyler get a turkey, if we mm-hmm. like that stuff means more to me than me just killing one every year. Right. And my thing is, I know it's National Forest, and yeah, you can't really do the whole deer management <coughs> on National Forest, but I still do to an extent. Like I'm not gonna go out here and kill some yearling or two year old deer, like. That's just not me. I right. would prefer to let that deer walk. If someone else wants to kill it right down the ridge, that's just that's God's plan for it. That's right. I'll shake their hand and congratulate them. <laughs> so, but them drag it out. That's <laughs> right. But, but I'm just not going to do it. And, you know, if that deer makes it and I get to see him in another year and he's bigger and more mature, you know, then I'll shoot yeah. him. But 
Yep. I don't, I don't. If I do, I do. I let the, the deer that I shot in early <laughs> bow season, I know for a fact because I got pictures, I let him walk the year prior. Yeah. On, and it's on National Forest. You know, and so. But you weren't hunting the deer like that. That's no, what, I, I mean, it just happened to be there. I, th- I think when you when you when you decide that that's what you're doing, yeah, you're hunting a specific deer. Yep. Well, you, I mean, Dad, this year's a prime example of that. Yeah. He he set his focus on that one deer, and uh, you know the neighbor killed it. Mm-hmm. And then oh, at yeah. that point, yeah. he <laughs> was like heartbroke. He you know, cabbage. And <laughs> and. Uh, he, there was a little eight pointer we walked, we watched walk run around all year long, you know, mm-hmm. and he, he just wasn't. This year he should be a stud. I'm yeah. pretty, I'm ninety nine percent sure he made it. Yeah. But uh, right, I'm I'm telling you, not fifteen minutes after the, the ten pointer he was hunting got shot, he texted me and says, "I think I'm going to kill this eight pointer." And I said, "Why?" Well, I called him from the tree stand to his tree stand. I said, "Why would you do that?" I said, "You're killing it out of frustration at this point." Yeah. I said, "You've let him walk with your bow." You've let him walk with your muzzleloader, and here it is, the opening day of rifle season, and you're saying that you're going to shoot this thing just because you're frustrated that somebody else killed the deer that you were obsessing over, you know. And I get it. I mean, it was a big deer, mm-hmm. you know. And, and we've, in the last three or four years, we've killed quite a few big deer up there on that on that piece of property. Yeah. But, um, you know, you got to, like I told him, I said, you got to let these younger deer walk. Yeah, he to got, get those he got, he got, back to that caliber, he got a little emotional. After oh yeah, yeah, he got in his feelings hard. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I mean that's natural, you know. Yeah. If you if let's just use Jacks for example, if you've got a big buck on camera and, and you find out that the guy you know across the road kills it, you're going to be a little bit upset, you know. Yeah. You might not. Sh- I, I would never show it to that guy. Uh, I would congratulate him just like if I had killed it, you know, and I would expect him to do yeah. the same, but. Uh, in my heart, I would be a little upset that, like, dang, here I have invested all this time. <laughs> Daggone it. Yeah, you don't yeah. know how many times I've said daggone it when a neighbor pulled the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like when I was in Kentucky hunting, man, I hunted over there a lot. And uh, that's a whole different cold when you're sitting on the mountain up there. So, <clears throat> you know, I'd hunted through a couple winters, not really killed anything due to the fact of over there we had a size limit. And, um, there's a guy I got on the lease, Nichols. He got on the lease with me, and uh, first day ever being on the lease, we hadn't been in a tree stand play an hour and a half. And I heard his, it was bow season, I heard his four-wheeler crank up, and I thought, there ain't no way he's leaving. And he drove down behind me, and he stopped his four-wheeler and cut it off. <laughs> he whistled, and I thought, he's killed something. And I turned around, and I was like, yeah. He said, hey, you care to help me come drag this deer out? And I was like, Jeez, you know, inside I was I was heartbroken because yeah. I'd spent so much time and effort in the hunting yeah. that, and I told him I said, I tell you what, next year I don't care what happens if I have set off fireworks. I said you're gonna <laughs> you're going to experience this cold weather, like, yeah. and I went and helped him drag that deer out, and I said. That's your help this year. I said, but next year you're <laughs> sitting in here through the whole winter. Yep. Oh goodness, <clears throat> but. Oh, I did want to hit on uh, back to the scrapes, I, and I meant to tell this while we were talking about it. All right, go ahead. Sorry for the confusion. Go ahead. But we're backing uh, up a little bit. Yeah, we're backing up just a touch for just a brief second here. But uh, we were talking about groups of scrapes, right? Mm-hmm. Scrape lines, and uh, the only buck that I've ever killed coming to a scrape, to my knowledge, was uh, 
on the lease that we used to have over there in Pound, um, we went the last Saturday of bow season, Dad and I did, and he was going north to hunt uh, up at Speedy's for the opening of muzzleloader, and I couldn't go. I, I can't remember if I couldn't miss school or I had ball or something or other. I couldn't go, but I was going to be able to hunt at home. And we found a uh, beech tree, and no joke, I bet there was eight to 12 scrapes around that beech tree. It's like every place that he could get his nose up in the branches, he he was raking the spot out. And uh, just kind of on a whim, I thought, well, shoot, I'll just come right back here and sit, you know. And it was kind of a good spot, too, terrain-wise. Like, it wasn't, I guess, really, it wasn't just him coming to the scrapes. But uh, just the way it laid, it was kind of in a hollow, and, and there was uh, two ridges that ran out. And uh, so, anyway, about 9.30 that morning, he texted me, and he killed a good one up there. And sent me a picture of it, and then he called me. <clears throat> well, right before he had texted me, I, in my mind, it's what it was, and I maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But I could have swore that I heard a deer thrashing a tree around the hill from me, and so I just grunted a couple times, just a, you know, just just something to kind of catch his attention. You can do it one more time. Yeah, how was it? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, <clears throat> not just right after I grunted, he called, and so I'm sitting there talking to him on the phone like this. And I hear, I could hear a deer walking. It's super dry. And I thought, man, that sounds like. I said, hang on, Dad. I think a deer's walking around here. And I pulled the phone away and looked out to my right, and here he come, man. That big eight point's hanging in my living room. Yeah. And uh, he come right around, not thirty yards of me. He was walking the trail right to them scrapes. And the only thing I could figure was that you know he's around there thrashing a tree, and I grunted, and he thought, man, you know, I've I've put down this sign over here. I'm going back to protect my area and come around through there, and and I I hammered him. Which another another funny story with that. <clears throat> I, uh, uh, I had watched some does earlier that morning, so I had my scope turned all the way up. When he come in there at 30 yards, and I put up on him, all I could see was hair, and I was like, "What the heck?" And I didn't have time to turn my scope down, so I just cocked and fired. Luckily, I hit him. I hit him right in the neck. And he fell right there. But you know, I mean, heck, I was what seventeen, eighteen year old, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, I've only up the last deer, last buck I had coming to a scrape. I passed on him, and I've kicked myself ever since for doing it. That tight rack. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was. Uh, I passed on him while he was making the scrape, and then when he walked under my stand, and I couldn't shoot him no more. I realized I was a fool. So, yeah, it was a big, yeah, big old. I don't even know. I never know. I don't I have any idea what happened to that deer. I didn't have the heart to tell you that the day you sent me a picture, but I, I think thinking. I sent you. Did I sent you a picture. I took a picture of him from the tree stand or something. Yeah, I think so. And uh, <laughs> like I said, I didn't. Like I didn't have the heart to tell you that day, but I, I, I was your, like, what your, in the heck is your, he thinking? Your dad did. Yeah, <laughs> your dad told me exactly what he thought about it. But uh, especially I, with a bow in your hand, you know. I, I mean, like, not. I won't say my standards change based on on weapon the weapon I'm carrying, but they do a little bit. I mean, that, at least a little bit. I've had so much luck seeing deer the last week of October that that's about my favorite week to hunt anymore. Yeah. Um, but that buck is, I can still see him stepping over a log and making a scrape and standing there broadside at <laughs> 18 yards and sitting there thinking, eh. And you know that was actually one of my shooter bucks. And yeah. I was like, I'm waiting on that bigger one. 
he might come around here. I've been seeing a lot of deer. That big buck's going to come in here in a minute. And you know what? He walked right underneath You're me. still waiting. I looked under my tree and I said, Daggone. I said, <laughs> I said he's, definitely a, he's definitely a shooter. Yep. But I, I couldn't have shot him anymore past that. But anyway, we'll wrap it up. So <clears throat> we're probably doing another uh, podcast on this weekend. So we'll have something special for you guys. Is it Monday? Is it just what? what it is it Monday or Sunday? Uh, Sunday is what he told us. Yeah, what sun, day, maybe it's Sunday. Let me check the date. Today's the 15th. Yeah. Uh, let's see, February 18th is Saturday. Uh, yeah, we will mention that. Yeah. We're going to do a giveaway. We'll get 1,000 followers on Instagram. We'll make a post. Yeah. For y'all to check out, so we got these. Uh, we also hooked us up with some Pine Mountain Outdoors hoodies with a different logo. So one of the two original ones looks pretty sharp. I got a black and orange one. Good. Cody got a black and orange one. Will's got a white and green one with a splash of pink. Yeah, just a splash. <laughs> so we'll do those, and uh, we'll make a post on Facebook and Instagram. Just uh, we're getting close. You know, just give us a follow. Yeah, but uh, <clears throat> we enjoy the interaction with you guys. And, Our one-year uh, anniversary is coming up. Yeah, that's the 18th, right? Yeah, 19th, right? 19th. So we'll record it on the 18th and drop it on the 19th. So, yeah. Um, our one year, one year together. Yeah. So we'll do that. Don't seem like it, does it? No, it's been fun. Seems like about five. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm not saying what I want to say. <laughs> I'm not saying <laughs> I want you to be in the doghouse when you get home. <laughs> so, uh We'll wrap it up. We'll uh, we'll be back. Probably drop another episode this. Uh, we'll do it, drop it this weekend or Monday. So, yeah. thank you guys for listening. And your voices have not gone unheard. We will be doing some turkey stuff in March. See you guys later. See ya. Goodbye. I'm a big fan of vinyl arrow wraps, and I have been for several years now. They look great, easy to use, and simple to repair. Hey, if you're looking for a new set, head on over to www.impactarrowwraps.com to get loaded up on some stock or custom options for some new arrow wraps. If you want to save some money, use promo code PMO20 to save you 20% at checkout. thanks for stopping by if you have any comments or any other topics you'd like to hear us cover on our next podcast leave us a comment or let us know on instagram thank you